Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Being Coco B. It is I, Coyetta. I hope you guys are having a great day, a great, enjoying this nice, uh, beautiful weather. I'm all about the heat. I know some people are complaining that it's too hot. It's not too hot. It's too cold when it gets to winter. I, I'm all about this. So I hope you guys are like me and enjoying the good, good, good weather. And I hope y'all are in and ready for another episode, another awesome episode with my guest Pollyanna Reed. Pollyanna Reed is um, a woman that I've been following for some time on Instagram and she's funny. She's real. Uh, she's straight up. I love her juice. <laughs> I love her juice. And y'all are going to get a taste on the other side. So stay tuned to get the real real because that's what she offers the real real. And, you know, I, I love women that help other women i'm all about that anything i can do to help somebody i will do that is within my power so um i love a woman like that and that's who she is to me very inspiring y'all get ready for pollyanna reed on the other side One of my many goals in life is to impact women's lives by helping them start a business using some of the same methods I've used to start my own business. I understand starting a business can be very overwhelming, especially if you're one of those people that simply don't know what business to start. Let me help you with that process. You can reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I am Coyetta, or you can email me at info at Coyetta.com and let me help you create the life you want. Hi, Pollyanna. Hey. Perfect. How are we sounding now? Yeah, sounds a lot better. Okay, perfect. You sound crystal clear. Cool. <laughs> hey, girl. So good to have you on, everybody. This is Pollyanna Reed. Um... Full confession, I'm your secret stalker. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> okay, so Pollyanna is a celebrity ghostwriter, senior contributor at Forbes, the founder of New Girl on the Block, where she mentors millennials. So give us more, give us more. For those of uh, for those of you who don't know who she is, tell us more about uh, Pollyanna Reed. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a millennial woman who has fought for her dreams and won. Um, that's how I love to introduce myself. I, I think, love that. I think people oftentimes are stuck on labels and um, I like to challenge them to start thinking about who we are beyond them. Um, I am also a, a sister, a daughter, a college dropout, someone who lives with a mental illness, um, but I don't allow you know, some of the experiences that I've had in my life to define my path or to, to predict my future. Um, I have a very, very fulfilling life. I wake up every day choosing what I want to do. And I feel like that is a, that's a freedom that, and a luxury that many people do not have. And so I'm very, very blessed. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to chatting with you today and, uh, dropping some gems on your audience. Yes, because girl, you drop gems every day on Instagram and I'm all, you have the same spirit to me as like a Coriel where you guys oh, have yeah. this. Yeah. I was on her guys, podcast too. Yeah. Yeah. She was on here as well. It's like you guys have the ability to like lift and like pick something out of your very spirit and it's like, go to work now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
and I love that about you guys so I figured I have to have you on um okay so let's let's go backwards a little bit just to kind of figure out what got you here I do know a bit of your story but our audience might not know um some of the intricacies of what's made you who you are today so let's kind of where do we want to start where do we want to start let's start with um some of maybe the mental illness or like what got you to quit your job um the boss up moves you're making you pick I mean, we can start with the mental illness, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So when I was um, I was diagnosed in 2010, yeah. um, I think that my life is um, a great illustration of someone who can live with the mental illness and still be very um, fulfilled. Um, yes. uh, mental illness is not something you can see. It's not a broken leg. It's not a broken arm. Like looking at me you could probably you I mean unless you read and dive into my social media but mm-hmm. it, just at a glance you probably would not know um that I live with depression and anxiety and I have for over half my life mm-hmm. um and so I think there are many people who are suffering in silence and so I try to um I try to be as open as transparent as I can because I want people to really understand that like life is not over um you know, and that there's, there is life after disappointment. It does take a lot of work. I think the recovery, I think the recovery process looks different for every single person. Oftentimes people may ask me, you know, what makes you feel motivated or, you know, how are you able to live the life that you are with your, with depression and anxiety. And every single day is a challenge. Every single day is a choice. I have incredible doctors. I've been on and off medication. I have a personal trainer that I work with, um, three to four times a week, like, my formula looks very different than how someone else's formula may look like. So I think right. that it's also a matter of trial and error and experimentation and seeing what works best for you. But I think the first step um, to um, I think the first step to any um, recovery process is just to admit that there's a problem and to raise your mm-hmm. hand. Absolutely. And that's one of your strong messages, raising your hand. Um, how did that help you? in the corporate world to raise your hand because now you you have your own company you employ people you um you know your celebrity ghostwriter how did that help you in your transition to raising your hand in terms of becoming this this boss yeah absolutely so i am very very transparent like anywhere that i've worked and this, I, I, I noticed mean, <laughs> this is this is not going to apply to everybody because yeah. everybody some people work for assholes but Everywhere that I've worked, I've been very transparent about the things that I'm dealing with or um, I've been very transparent if I need a mental health day. Like that is just not like I only want to work for. Well, I currently, you know, I left my job. But if when I do when I did work in corporate, I Mm -hmm. only wanted to work for individuals who could um, who could be supportive in what Mm -hmm. I was dealing with. You know what I mean? Like who would who would not judge me and, you know. I always looked at like what their va- what their own values were, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because if they're not taking any initiative to support mental health causes, uh, mental sh- mental health programs, sorry, um, then maybe that's not a culture that I that I feel like I would be a good fit. So I think right. when you go into any job, um, part of that fulfillment um, and that job satisfaction is really understanding the root and the morals and the values of the company that you're walking into. Mm-hmm. I've, I have I don't work for assholes. I don't work for bosses that feel entitled. I don't work for companies that um, 
yeah like I like I have my checklist so I think everyone needs to have theirs too and be very intentional yeah that's an excellent point um to have a checklist of companies that you want to work for and make sure they meet your particular needs and standards what about the signs of um mental illness what were you feeling inside your body like what was going on within you and around you to make you think you know what something's going on um so mental so having a depression is not like it's it's a deep-rooted sadness but that Mm -hmm. sadness is not parallel to like a paper cut or like when your puppy gets sick you know what i mean like the sadness is is i mean you really feel like you are you really feel like you are absolutely going through it sometimes you may be in bed for days you're not socializing you feel isolated you may feel suicidal um you just want to be in a dark room you think your life is over um and oftentimes people with a uh, mental health issue they're they're um uh, stereotyped as individuals who are just being dramatic or mm-hmm. you know people used to tell me like especially because I I mean I, I started suffer like suffering very young so people used to adults would look at me and say like what do you have to worry about you know what I mean mm-hmm. because that because of my age um and it got worse in you know got worse in high school and then it got really bad in college um and it wasn't until about 2009 2010 where I actually like raised my hand and I reached out to my doctor and that was the best decision I ever could have made um but I do also understand that you know there are incredible incredibly long wait lists um sometimes I mean your doctor is not always um on the same page as you and is not always helpful I was very Mm -hmm. fortunate that I had a doctor who was very attentive um he's my family doctor that I've had since I was born and so he got right on it and so he was very instrumental in my recovery too awesome now you know you got West Indian parents like like me Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, what was the yeah well you were you are right in that they tend to think we're being dramatic about certain things so what 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 was their response to kind of when you um discovered it or when it was happening well they actually I feel like a lot of parents just don't know what they don't know and so the problem is the problem is um I wouldn't say it's a problem. Like the thing, yeah, the problem is ignorance, obviously. But secondly, yeah. it wasn't until I started to do advoc- advocacy work that it it repositioned. Um, it put me in a better position to educate them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I then realized how many people had no idea. Um, how many people had absolutely no idea. Um, the levels uh, and the depths um, when it comes to having depression. So, yeah, honestly, like when I became an advocate, I started speaking in schools, volunteering in my community, um, advocating online. Uh, that's when my parents were like, oh, like, like they just didn't know. And it, right. they just did not know. And so, um, but once you know better, you can do better. You can make better choices. Right. And so the people around you, um, but I also understand too, like we have to do, we have to, talk twofold right because if you're like severely Mm -hmm. depressed sometimes you don't even feel like being an advocate or explaining what's wrong to the people around you um but when I had those bursts of energy um when I took a moment to take a like to take a breath and come up for air I was definitely spreading the word as much as I could absolutely yeah and you spread the word in different ways not only about mental health but about business about raising your hand in different ways yeah (laughs) yeah where do you get the drive from because you're like a like an engine you just go 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 (laughs) like 
where do you get all this energy and just drive from i'm just i'm just really passionate i feel like when you look back on your life and you can celebrate those small wins and you can see how far you come like how do you not have the drive right. to like wake up mm-hmm. every day and jump and get your ass out of bed like i'm excited because i've created a life worth living um you never know what phone call email text is going to change your life what person is going to walk into your life um and so i'm excited by possibilities absolutely and you create those possibilities every day you go from city to city speaking with bosses what's the resounding message that they share with you about pitching or maybe networking because that's also what you're doing with them right you're networking you're presenting or you know pitching yourself for possible opportunities what kind of message do they give you um i mean i always tell people to focus on being interesting not pitching because i feel like right. when you are like aligned and walking in your purpose like you'll attract the right people you know books will flap the shelves opportunities will land in your lap um so because a lot of people pitch me because i work in media um right you, a lot of yeah. a lot of people pitch me and it's like there's this this like this uh this um air of like self-entitlement like i mm. i deserve this because i mean like there's confidence and there's cocky there's a very fine line but if you're mm. interesting and if you're badass like the right people will notice you mm-hmm. you know what i mean so yeah so yeah i i don't know like i don't really honestly i don't really like pitch myself to a lot of opportunities like this is probably my third podcast interview this week like you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i attract my my uh you do my my, <laughs> my vibration is very very high so i attract yeah. like the things that i want in my life absolutely yeah i i i have no doubt about that <laughs> i have no doubt about that but what is what when you're feeling off or when you're feeling down what grounds you or, or focuses you is there a book is there a motivational like quote like what is your grounding yeah um i listen to a yeah. lot of podcasts i'm also a member of elevation church by pastor steven fertick um so is that the one in, is it new york i well there's i mean he has he has churches all over the world um okay. he's based <laughs> in north carolina um okay and yeah so like so you know i grew up in church and so my faith is important to me of course Um, but I also have incredible support systems, um, friends and family. Um, but there's something to be said about having that belief in yourself. You know, even, mm-hmm. I mean, every day is not an, a glorious day. Um, but even, right. on, even on those off days, I still believe that I have what it takes to climb out of the hole that I'm in. And the only way that I know how to do that is honestly like one step at a time. So mm-hmm. I try not to like get so down on myself that it completely changes you know my energy and frame of mind like i understand mm-hmm. that like sometimes falling on your face is necessary so that you can not only humble yourself but it just means that something better is coming around the corner so i try not to trip out when that happens obviously there you know there there are low days but honestly i am very very blessed and i think that one thing that i think people lack is self awareness and emotional intelligence to really understand that like your shit is not as bad as what some women have to deal with around the world. You yeah. know what I mean? And I really get emotional. I really get emotional um like when I say that because for the mere fact that like I mentor quite a few women, like a lot of women. Um, oh yes, yes. And the shit that I hear them complain about is so disturbing to me. I mean, there are some people who are absolutely going through it. I mean, I had one mentee 
in a single day four members of her family was murdered right oh my goodness yeah, yeah. like and the thing was like so i think people people see new girl on the block and they think oh it's like you know it's pink white black it's cute branding but i'm actually right. i'm dealing with women who are going through very um tough circumstances but then on the flip side i'm dealing with women who are complaining about bullshit do you know what i mean like <laughs> When there's so many women around yeah. the world who do not have the privileges that we have in, you know, in a first world country, like the access that we have over here. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just really disturbing. So like, I don't have- a, Are we I, spoiled? Yeah, yeah, of course we're spoiled. Like even on, yeah. our, even <laughs> okay. on our worst day, even on our worst yeah. day, it's nothing compared to um, the lack of, that some mm-hmm. people are suffering um, on, the other, on the other half of the world. So, I mean, I, I, ha- I can have a certain level of empathy, um, but for the most part, I feel like we create, our, we create what we want to experience and you cannot blame the economy. You cannot blame your parents. You cannot blame, don't blame the color of your skin. Don't blame, you know what I mean? Like don't your education yeah. level, socio- social status. No, you create what you want to experience and you have the power to change the direction. That's absolutely true. You you do say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, for someone starting out, let's say, like, what, where do you first recommend that they start to create this reality? Because sometimes uh, I think we all have the ability to look at the bigger picture, which kind of freaks us out because it's so huge. Mm-hmm. So how do we break it down in bite-sized pieces? Where do you recommend we start? Honestly, it's mindset, right? Like, the thing is, yeah. so what, at a very young age, I studied a lot of... Um, like I watched, you know, a lot of documentaries, out of read autobiographies. Like I was just very, very curious. Well, like I dropped out of school my second year, so I was like late teens, early twenties. So I was very curious. And one one thing that I've noticed is that at the forefront of every great success story is positive thinking, right? Right. And so I realized, I quickly realized that like I had the power to change things around. And when I studied different come up stories, I was like even though they found their even though they found their face like they still were optimistic that things would work out i think um at the end of the day like the conversation that you have with yourself determines whether you win or lose and i think mm-hmm. that how you start your day and how you finish your day is very important you have you know in oh man in job interviews at school you have people mm-hmm. training us to plan ahead and come and craft these five year plans when many people can't yeah. even manage 24 hours I think, I think that's so <laughs> stupid. Like, you yeah. can't even manage 24 hours, but you're trying to plan the rest of your life. Like, I think mm-hmm. how you start and finish your day is very important. So nail down your morning and your night routine. Nail down. I, I made the mistake yesterday. Mm-hmm. Great example. I made the mistake yesterday of reaching for my phone before I even said my prayers, before I even, oh, like, Lord. before, yeah, like, I just, I was, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what kind of headspace I was in. And the first mm-hmm. email that I read, like, pissed me off so much. And it, it, it set the tone for the rest of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. normally it doesn't, it does not work out that way. But yesterday, I don't know what happened. But, um, but that's just a great example of like, you know, setting the tone for the day, setting the expectation for the day and um, how you start and finish your day is very important. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we want them to plan how they're going to start and how they're going to finish their day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now you mentioned as well that you do, um, you mentor millennials, millennials. Yeah. 
<laughs> that word is so tricky sometimes. So what are the keys to making uh, the mentor-mentee relationship successful? As, as you mentioned also, you know, people do come in and complain. So like, how do you take that out? Like put that to the side and, and tell us the keys about the success. Yeah, so I mean, I'm also a mentee. I have six mentors of my own. Yeah. I'm celebrating. Oh, how do you manage? I mean, I love how them. How do you all. keep up? Well, two of them, yeah. two of my mentors, I mean, we're celebrating 10 years this year. You know what I mean? That's so amazing. for me, yeah. like, they've been a part of my life. Uh, another mentor has been in my life for four years. Like, they've been a part of my life for a very long time. So it's not even. Right. You know, I think one thing that helps is that we've set expectations of like what is required mm-hmm. of them. So like as a mentee, right. I think that's the first thing. Because when you walk up to somebody and when you hit them up and you're like, oh, I want you to be my mentor. I think that's very imper- like my program has a structure to it, but not everyone, yeah. not everyone has, you know, is part of a structure. I think it's very important as a mentee that you have a responsibility to communicate to um, the individual how much time you require of them. So like, let's say for instance, my, my only male mentor, I, um, mm-hmm. we have one hour phone call once a month and we've been doing that for four years and it's, mm-hmm. and it's literally wow. just enough. Like I don't need any more. I don't need any less. And during that one hour phone call, I probably ask him anywhere between uh 10 to 12 questions right so like we have our routine where i think a lot of people like i've been asked coffee or i've been asked to lunch and people literally sit in front of my face and waste my time it's like you should do <laughs> research on if you're going to ask me for my expertise pollyanna take me to lunch i got a whole bunch of questions <laughs> <laughs> like it's like if you're gonna take if you're gonna ask me to lunch if you're gonna if you want me to lend you my time come with the right. heat don't half-ass mm-hmm. this shit right like ask the right questions, research my background. Like don't add, don't sit there in front of me and ask me, uh, you know, you know, you know, what's your story? Like, how did you get, cause you can literally like, I mean, you know this, I'm on, it's all over the internet. Right. Exactly. Right. So like, (laughs) so just be very, like be very careful how you use someone's time because that's going to be their lasting impression of you. Um, and I know that when I've sat in rooms with busy executives or CEOs or presidents, they've always been very impressed with, my ability to also give back to them and make myself useful and become a resource for them and not just like le- uh, leech off like what they have to offer like I never and how do you do that I mean it, again you have to be self-aware and that's the thing like a lot of people aren't like I I'm self-aware to I'm self-aware enough to know that it's a very selfish thing to just walk up to somebody and ask them something without like without without saying thank you if you invite someone to lunch you got to pay for it you'd be how many you'd be surprised how many people invite me to lunch and don't pay for my meal right (laughs) that is Um, that's just rude (laughs) yeah and then on top of that like (laughs) the individual you're approaching they're human beings they also have problems right they also have problems that need to be solved and you will become a priority in their life if you are a necessity in their life as well so like my mentors, I've volunteered for them at events. I've worked for them in some capacity. I, mm-hmm. you know, some of my older mentors, you know, I keep them abreast of what's going on in social media because sometimes they don't have time to research that stuff. So like as the young right. mind, I'm always like, hey, you should probably try this or read this article, right? Like uh, I make okay. myself useful. I'm not just like <laughs> there to just suck them dry. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's very important too. Awesome. Now, one thing you said uh, I believe it was you and Coriel you guys like are the same to me like that voice in my head ask for what you want raise your hand ask for what you want and I I have to tell you 
that those type of uh, phrases and things have like changed my life <laughs> because I find that I've been asking and I'm getting I'm getting the yeses I'm getting those uh, responses that I'm looking for so thank you so much for that <laughs> no problem thank, yes, thank you so much for that but um in terms of seeking a mentor you know how does one how does one do that especially like you said busy execs that you know have tons to do and you right now I'm sure you have a million things that you're doing but you carved out some time for me so how do you get how do you get to those people how do you get them to say yes you get them to say yes by being once you become a resource everybody will want to mess with you everybody okay. like once so it's like shooting off an email I mean, I've definitely, so I've, okay, so there's a difference between, like, a meeting, like, you want to pitch them an idea, and then okay. there's, but I think the common thread between both is offering, so, like, taking the time to build yourself, for, okay, number one, they will, yeah. they will pay more attention if you are already in motion, like, don't okay. come to me with your hands empty, come to me with, your numbers come to me with your ideas that you've already executed come to me mm -hmm. come to me and tell me that I am I've exhausted every single option I'm literally at the end of my rope and I feel like I need someone in my life to just take me to the next level because I have done all the work I could possibly do a lot of people mm -hmm. said to me with like with nothing done like the thing they didn't even like Google, I was on the phone with somebody, I was on the phone with a young person the other day, and, you know, they're complaining about money, okay, you know, their job wasn't paying them enough, I'm like, okay, so, when was the last time you updated your resume, they hadn't done it in a minute, okay, mm -hmm. when was the last, did you, have you researched job programs and job agencies in your city, no, it's like, so why, I should not even be in your peripheral, I should not even be on your radar yet, if you yeah. have not even taken the taking the prerequisite um, steps to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. two simple ideas you haven't even done. So I feel like there are levels to this. So if you're going to approach somebody, especially an executive or someone who's very busy, it's, it's very important that you know your shit before you step to them because first impression is a lasting impression and you don't want to be that person who wastes their time because they will always remember you for that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no one wants to be remembered for wasting somebody's time. No, at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I know you You said you were a former shy girl. Oh my God. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What's your sign? Let's let's go off topic for a second. What is your sign? Uh, Scorpio. Oh my God. Hey girl. <laughs> I feel like we have this, this dual personality where we're like on or off. So I don't know. True. How yeah, do you... no, you're right. Yeah. I'm like yeah. in the mood or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm about it. Doesn't I'm help for it, relationships. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. Ask my husband. <laughs> so <laughs> how did you overcome your shyness? Like what did you do? Um, because I, it's a fight sometimes. So for people who are listening to this who are introverted, um, a great resource is Susan Kane. She wrote a book called Quiet. Um, and I believe the sub the subtitle is something around like how to like own your power in a world that can't mm -hmm. stop talking. Um, right. And so she's she was an introvert herself, and now she's on like world stages. Um, for me, it was just gradual. Like I I was shy, but I I mean I come from a family of very very outspoken individuals, professors, right. doctors. Um, public speakers, activists. 
so for me like i i grew up pastors many of my uncles are pastors i grew up yeah. literally watching my family members command attention when they walked into a room so i knew that i was meant to tap into that at some point i just didn't know when right so like i just didn't know when it was going to be my turn but i knew at some point that would that would switch i was also bullied as a kid so for me yeah. it was also a goal of mine like i was like when i had to find my voice everybody's going to hear me like this is not mm -hmm. even i'm not mickey mouse in this shit every single person who comes into contact with me will feel my energy they will hear me and i will have something very important to say um i was bullied and tortured in school so like i was used to like just shutting up staying staying in a corner not realizing you know my queendom and not realizing that like yeah. i had everything all the tools that i needed inside me to succeed oh are you there yeah i'm here oh okay sorry things oh we're going in and out so i apologize um okay so you were bullied you did say that to me yeah when did when when did things switch for you when did you decide like listen I'm about to take charge. And just like you said, the world is going to hear me. Like, when did that, was there age? Was there like a certain circumstance that happened? Like, when did that switch occur in you? Um, when, 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 um, oh, after, so after I dropped out of school and so right. around 2009, 2010, I met my first mentor, my first two mentors. Um, and honestly, just like watching how they move. They had this je ne sais quoi. They had like this energy. They um, they were confident or they embodied confidence. They mm -hmm. they hosted a women empowerment events. I just watched how other strong women moved. And I was mm -hmm. like, yo, I want that. Whatever black girl magic she has, I want it. So the, when I reached out to her, and that's the thing, right? They say you're the sum of the five people you hang out with. I reached out mm -hmm. to these, I reached out to this mentor and you know, I had dinner with her and then I just, be, you know, just became her little sister and just like, right. I just knew I wanted that to rub off on me. So it really changed over time once I changed my circles. Gosh, that circle is so important. I think a lot of people don't realize how important their circle is um, and how much it influences them. So that's a great, that's a great um, point that you just made. And I guess it connects to my next question, which is how important is it to connect a network with other people um, which you kind of answered but yeah I mean no like I think it's very it, it's important to be intentional like for instance I'm going to a conference I'm speaking at a conference in Texas in two weeks actually okay. two weeks I don't even know I don't even know what day it is today <laughs> um, and um, I'm going to study who's going to be on my panel I'm going to study who's going to be there because I want to be intentional with my time so I think it's right. very very important um to be intentional without like I have a spreadsheet like most people do not and that's why they don't get into the rooms that they want like I have a spreadsheet with people that I'm intentionally nurturing relationships with wow right I, I know yeah. their contacts I know things about them that I've learned over time I know where they live in the world you know what I mean like I know their social handles like I and right. I have it and I also have a um a column for the last time we touched base and if I look at the spreadsheet which I do every week and I noticed that I haven't touched base with someone in about a month, a month and a half, then I, okay, then I'm like, you know what? Let me reach out and let me just tell them that, you know, I have them in my thoughts or let me engage with them on social media, right? Like I don't let the, I don't let there be too much white space. Right. Right. Wow. You are 
very intentional <laughs> about your life and your actions. When you're intentional, you get intentional results. When you're when you are not specific, when you're vague, like that. That's why a lot of people are where like are where they are because they, when they make their goals, when they pray, when they have, when they're um, praying to God, when you know they ask favors of their peers or questions, they are not specific. Mm-hmm. If you don't live your life in a very specific way, or if you don't live your life with intention, if some people, you know, most people get up and they don't have an agenda for the day. It's like, if you don't live your life with intention, what do you, what do you think the universe is going to give you in return? Right, right. Well, you do not play. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. You do not play. Now, what I also like about you is that you uh, open the door for others, for other women. What inspires you to do that? Like, people don't have, you don't have to do that. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Makes, I definitely don't have yeah, to do it. You, you, yeah, you, you do not. What what inspires you or drives you to do something like that for, for I'm going to say us, because I, I feel like I'm a part of this. Um, Because people did it for me. Oh, there we go. Right? Like, my mentors have been very generous. Like, the reason why I'm at Forbes is because of a mentor. The reason why I started mm-hmm. a blog 10 years ago, because of a mentor. Like, the reason right. why I'm on, I speak on stages around the world, because of a mentor. Like, mentors did that for me. So, through my mentorship program, New Girl on the Block, like, I'm, I've mentored 200 women, probably over 200 women by now, in nine, yeah. in nine countries. Like, taking the time to speak with them one-on-one, learn their desires, and create roadmaps for them. Um, many of my mentees are business owners, are six-figure earners, um, who, mm-hmm. and they started with nothing. They came right. to me with literally just a hope and a dream, and a, you know what I mean? And like, and just wanted to learn. And um, there are a lot of like coaches and consultants out there selling pipe dreams. Like I have actual results and testimonials, hundreds of them, um, mm-hmm. because most people just need a sister friend. You know what I mean? Most people need someone. That's true. Most people need someone to check them. Like at New Girl on the yeah. Black, we don't hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Like <laughs> I'm very, very hard on my mentees. And that's why mm-hmm. I always tell people, if you want me to mentor you, don't, um, don't half-ass that shit because I will call you out every single time. And if I feel like we're not a good fit, then unfortunately, like that's what it is. But I feel like, you know, you can't get mad at someone who demands the best out of you. And oftentimes right. we don't have people around us who do that. And so it feels mm-hmm. very uncomfortable when you have someone who checks you like that. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's actually very true. All right. Well, my goodness, Paulina, I'm just writing down everything you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is, see, you're typing in the background. You're working while you're talking to me, aren't you? <laughs> I had to write one. I had to write one sentence. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Let me let me know when you're finished. I'm good. I'm good. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> See, her work never stops. People, she never, <laughs> she never stops. No. Okay. So tell me, what's the thing that you do before uh, you make a big present, um, big presentation? What's your ritual or mm. like, what what do Actually, you do? Actually, because you you do speak a lot. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so when you said presentation, I thought you meant pitches. But so, like, if I'm doing, like, let's say, because, like, in my company, like, obviously, to get new business, I pitch yeah. to, um, I pitch to agents, celebrities, like my target audience, right? 
Um, yes. I have another company called Writer's Block, which is a communications firm. So when I, so I actually Absolutely. do uh, like pitch practice with my mentors. So like I've set up time, actually, I, I've set up time with one of my mentors um, in a few weeks because I'm going to practice pitching a new idea to her that I want to pitch to potential prospects. Um, mm-hmm. I think people don't pra- like people just practice. Like we just like nobody wakes up. And just automatically is like capable of like making the NBA or going to the Olympics. Like, and I was an athlete, so like I think I have a competitive advantage, but I feel like people just don't practice. Like, I would never just cold pitch without running something by like my mentors. And mentors are really good because they're able to edit your work. Um, Yeah. So before, yeah, before any big business pitch, I definitely practice. But before, like, um, for speaking, honestly, I don't really pitch myself at all, to be honest. I, yeah. I am in demand, girl. Like I, <laughs> I <see that. laughs> like I don't really pitch myself like that. I mean, if anything, like I have friends who are decision makers, so that obviously mm-hmm. makes things easier. Um, I have friends who are decision makers, so that obviously makes things easier because they, you know, we we toss each other's name around. Um, right, right. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's why it's also like the circle of friends. It's also important. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I mean, and that's yeah. what yeah. Networking is very. Because the thing is, like, you're not necessarily networking to close a business deal right away. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like, right. I've networked networked with people, not necessarily knowing what the end result could be, but knowing right. that like we definitely share the same energy and mindset, and right. at some point, yeah. I'm sure we'll connect. We'll connect on mm-hmm. you know, and we'll connect on a business opportunity. So right. Yeah, you know, I'm here. Yeah, so no, I just think that, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I just, when it comes to pitching of any kind, whether to media, whether pitching myself to an opportunity, whether it's, you know, business, uh, I think practice and just knowing your shit and having a good background um, is very important. Absolutely. And before you go out there on stage and you're talking to major audiences, which you always do, (laughs) what is your ritual for that? Um, is it a prayer? Is it a, um, you know what? Like I hype myself up. So like I have a, anywhere I go, any city around the world, I, um, have a, like I'll hire a glam team in that city. And so I honestly like looking fly as hell and having my makeup done and hair, like it makes me feel confident. I feel when you look good, (laughs) you feel good and then you'll produce great work. So that's honestly, so like, obviously, yes, I do pray. And like, I have my moments to myself and like, I'll definitely, you know, I'll talk to my IG, you know, my IG uh, fan base and stuff. Uh, Or I don't, oh, I don't like the word fan. My like, my (laughs) tribe, sorry. Um, But yeah, no, like I make sure that I have my glam spot on deck and that I feel amazing. And that really, really helps a lot. Awesome. Yeah, because you you always looking good, girl. I see you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's expensive <laughs> to look good, you. too, though. Like, people should oh. not, like... Because I could do my makeup myself, but, yeah. I mean, there's always, like, a, a nice feeling when you have some, you know, when you have a team. Yeah, no, I can only imagine. One day, one day, one day I'll get there. <laughs> but um, what is that... If, if you wanted... If a person, if someone like myself or anyone else wanted to... Uh, do more speaking gigs like Mm -hmm. what do you suggest like where do they go is there like yeah go ahead so here's so here's the thing right like I honestly a lot of people step to me and they're like yeah like I want to speak but like then you check their social and they can't even speak to the phone 
Like they haven't. Because it's like you want to come in, you want to walk into it. So you want to walk into a room. You want to command the attention of a crowd. You want people to actually listen to you, but nobody cares mm-hmm. about you online. That's an issue. Right. Right. Yeah. So if you want to speak, yeah. I should be able to check your socials and you should be speaking all over the place. Like I should see you right. on IG lives. I should see you on Facebook live. I should see you on YouTube. I should see you on a podcast. Like you should be active. I get hired a lot simply through my content. Right. So it's like, if you're not producing content, then you're not ready for the stage. So that's the first thing. The second thing is actually having a speaker's deck, like a media kit, speaker's kit. A lot of people Mm -hmm. do not have that. A lot of people don't even have a professional bio, headshot. Like what happens if I throw you an opportunity and I'm asking you for these things and you don't have it, then I'm gonna move on to the next person. I'm actually like, one one of the companies that I'm a partner in, like we, every year we have an annual conference and retreat and we hire anywhere from like 40 to 50 speakers. Right? right so it's like if you're not ready we're moving on to the next we don't have time right we have very tight yeah. deadlines so getting your creative collateral in order is very important then how i started my speaking career i mean when no one would hire me when no one knew who i was yeah i literally just had i started very small not just with social media but like i started having like um, my own events with like 40 to 50 people and i would just mm-hmm. have like each event and it would be absolutely free and each event would have a different theme and I would just talk on that theme. And like right. people automatically assume that because you label yourself a speaker, you now should get paid. That's not, the, I mean, people, speakers get paid to fill seats in addition right. to their expertise. If you cannot mm-hmm. fill, if you don't have a proven track record of being able to fill out a capacity of three to 500 at least, I don't need to, I don't know if you should really get paid to be honest. I don't care how <laughs> smart you are. Because at the end of the day, like, why do you think entertainers get paid so much? Because they fill seats. Why do you think sports, um, you know, like uh, athletes get paid? Because they fill arenas, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. they're performing for you. So like, so I think that um, there's something to be said about that most definitely. Um, The sense of entitlement. Honestly, for the first year, two years, I just planted seeds and spoke for free to get my name out there. Right to right. to build my tribe, and then that puts you in a better position to make your demands and your requests um, down the road. It's a very short term sacrifice for a long term gain because now when I get paid to speak, I'm like I'm within the four figure range still, right? Um, but the high four figures, so like it's very yeah. comfortable. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I think so I think that's like the starting steps. Absolutely. So for the for the girl that's trying to accomplish, she's trying to get her name out there. You're telling her to start with her own events. I mean, why not? I'm telling no, I'm telling her to start with social media first. Right? Okay. okay Once okay, you start with right. social media, you build a tribe, the tribe will come out to your event. Absolutely. Right? So then once you have your own event and you have a proven track record of selling out, right? People are going to gravitate towards your likeness. They're gonna be attracted to that, to that aura, that energy. And so mm-hmm. they will tell their friends, they'll tag their friends in your posts. They'll they'll spread the word to other conferences and other events that you know where you should be at. So there's like there's levels to this, right? Right, right, right. You can't just start at the top for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So so what's the what's the worst ex- speaking experience that you've ever had? Just to end it on oh a light Oh my note. god. <laughs> oh my god. It's not even that light. So I was invited <laughs> to, I was invited to speak to some young um I was invited to speak to some young uh young girls. They must have been like 10, I don't know. No, not that young. Maybe like yeah, maybe like 10 or 11. And okay. like I have a very and it's my fault again being self-aware. 
I have a very hard time speaking without swearing. Um, <laughs> a bit, and like my yeah. pa- my parents get so upset with me because like obviously my, like my daddy's a pastor and stuff like that, right? So it's kind of like, yeah. uh, girl. Um, so <laughs> and I said I said the word shit like because I was I was like pumping them up. We were talking about confidence, talking about their crowns, and I said, and you're like the the hottest shit or something, 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 right? And yeah. they looked and they looked at me, all gasped. And I was like, oh, no. I forgot how young they were. And I'm like, oh, no. You forgot your audience. Paula. Yeah, no, I totally like, I was too hyped. I was too yeah, hyped. Right. And I was yeah. in the moment. And then like the organizers looked at me and they just shook their head. They're like so annoyed. <laughs> I was like, damn. So like that was actually very, it was a very, uh, it was a learning moment. And it was, uh, it definitely humbled me a lot. Um, because I want to be, I have to be very realistic with myself, with the spaces that I'm in. Right. Because right. When, especially when I'm excited and I'm very, very passionate, like mm-hmm. I got to I got to just do me. Right. Like, so mm-hmm. if that means that I need to remove myself from younger audiences um, or maybe right. limit myself, you know, then yeah. like then, yeah, I totally have to like uh, figure that out. But, yo, when I'm on fire, like I just need to like say what I need to say, you know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> poor young girls but I know I totally understand there's something about like when you're in that mode that that beast mode it's like mm-hmm. anything can happen you know yeah exactly <laughs> exactly oh my goodness okay so I know where to find you where where can others find you and if they wanted to be a part of you know maybe your your company because you're you're doing so much and you're part of so much where where can we get in contact with you yeah for sure so there you can really get a hold of me on any social media channel so it's just Mm -hmm. my first name last name and then pretty much like i mean on my instagram my phone number my emails there yeah all my like websites are there as well so i'm very accessible you really are mm-hmm. what what about if they wanted to be like um with one of your writers on your writing team on your yeah i mean just shoot me your squad shoot me an email share it with me your pro your uh, portfolio um mm-hmm. i'm never really hiring it's really i always hire within but okay i am always up for someone to challenge me i appreciate mm-hmm. someone to be like no like i'm actually like an incredible asset and this is why so mm-hmm. okay perfect so you guys, you guys heard it here. <laughs> okay, Pollyanna Reed, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I apologize for all the difficulties we were having earlier. No, it's okay. But yeah, but you know, this episode is going to bless somebody. So thank you so much for coming on with me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Imagine being able to create your own schedule. Be free from the traffic world of the nine to five land. Imagine waking up and spending more time with your family. Imagine being able to start your business with little to no experience. Imagine being able to have all the resources you need to help you with that process. Well, if this is something you want for yourself, your imagination can become your reality. Reach out to me at I am Coyetta on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can also email me at info at Coyetta.com. And let's turn that dream into your reality. Your business 
is closer than you think. Yes, that was my sit down with Pollyanna Reed. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode packed with information and just shows you that no matter what is happening in your life, you can power through, you can make it happen, be intentional about your life, which I'm so glad she um, touched on that for you guys. So uh, to anyone that um, is feeling low about their situation, that's going through mental health, um, that's living through that, um, you know, just understand that you can make it you heard her story okay you can also do the same so i hope you guys enjoyed that episode as i said don't forget to like share subscribe okay everything is important to me i value your comments i value um you know taking the time out of your day to listen in it's really important to get your feedback so don't forget to do that all right take care until next time you guys enjoy your day take some time to catch up on some old episodes as well if you haven't done that take care until next time don't forget don't forget to like comment share everything you do matters to me everything you do matters to us everything you do counts and so those things really keep this podcast going so thank you all again and enjoy the rest of your day until next time.